You're listening to the Photo Up Podcast, where we're covering photography, marketing, and business from all sides of the industry. I'm your host, New York wedding photographer, marketer, and resident sleepy person, Megan Brookelman. Welcome back to the Photo Op Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Deirdre Andrews, owner of Define Marketing, helping small business owners and creative entrepreneurs build and launch profitable online marketing campaigns. So welcome, Deirdre. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for being here. So tell us about you. What do you what do you do? Um, well, right now I'm focused very much on teaching small business owners um, how to run Google Ads campaigns. Um, so I do have a background in marketing. I've worked in corporate agencies and I've also had the wonderful opportunity of working for my own family business, which is where I really, you know, got that chance to dive in and actually start working with a, a creative business owner and see the impact that my work was having on that business. So I really want to help other small business owners uh, succeed the, the same way that my own family business has because of digital marketing. So can you tell us kind of how you started on your marketing path? Um, I've kind of always known that this is what I wanted to do, I guess. Um, I'm one of those lucky people that uh, just kind of had this inspiration back when I was in high school. And I went right into the advertising program at my local college. I went on to grad school and studied advertising media management. Um, but Getting into digital kind of happened later. I originally had these big dreams of working in television and broadcast. And, you know, when I moved back home to where I'm from, I'm from Ottawa, Canada, which is kind of a boring software government town. Uh, there wasn't really any exciting agency work there. So I ended up working in like healthcare and software and it was really, really boring. I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, so that was when I started begging my brother and his wife to hire me. So they own a dance studio and I loved being part of the dance studio. I loved seeing, you know, the beautiful art that they were creating to put up on the stage. And I finally felt like, wow, this is something worth marketing. I need to make sure that everybody in our city knows about our dance studio and knows how amazing this choreography and, and, how amazing these dance classes are. Um, so that's when I really just buckled down and put everything I had into helping my family grow the dance studio. And I did kind of get back into corporate for a little while after that. I, I did finally make my way up to a, a big agency and I worked for some pretty big brands like Porsche and Audi and Hard Rock Casino. But again, I realized that that just wasn't where my happy place was. So I decided to focus on helping other small business owners with their marketing. So how did you how did you take the leap into creating Define Marketing? Um, it actually started as just a blog. Um, when I was working at the agency, I was at the full service advertising agency. Uh, I used to get really frustrated with a lot of the red tape that we had to jump through with the bigger clients. And I would get kind of frustrated with the account managers. Um, I kind of felt that their priority in the agency was just how much can we charge these customers? How much money can we get out of them? It wasn't really so much about strategy. And uh, and that 
bothered me. So I started writing a blog and just talking about situations that were happening at work. And, you know, this is what happened with this client. And, you know, had my account manager listened to me, this is the strategy we would have implemented and why. And um, one of the account managers was reading my blog and she was like, this is really good. Like they need to listen to you. You're so good at strategy. And uh, so I kind of thought, well, maybe I could turn this into like a book or maybe I could try to teach or something. And, you know, eventually it just kind of turned into a, a full blown business idea. Like I don't like seeing small business owners getting taken advantage of by big corporate agencies. So what if I could teach them to run their own campaigns? I love that. And you're working with a lot of creatives. Are you working with photographers? Yeah, I am. So I do have a lot of photographers uh, on my email list and inside my workshop. So that's been a really great experience for me because uh, coming into this, I didn't really know a whole lot about photography as a business. So that's something that I'm learning about as well. And uh, I do have a lot of other creative business owners like dance studio owners and, uh, you know, salon owners and just people in that creative space who, you know, they're really great at what they do, but they don't necessarily know how to sell it. So you're a Google ads expert. And I want to talk about why these are different than, say, Facebook ads, because I know there's a lot of chatter about Facebook ads in the photography community, but nobody's really talking about Google ads. Yeah, that's kind of something that surprised me, uh, to be honest, when I decided to create my first course about Google ads and I started diving into, you know, promoting that and trying to find subscribers and an audience. It really surprised me how few business owners are taking advantage of Google ads. And, you know, Facebook ads and Instagram ads, they're great. Don't get me wrong. They're fantastic for uh, increasing visibility of your brand. But the thing about Facebook and Instagram is when you're setting up your campaign, when you're deciding who you want to show your ads to, you're targeting people by, uh, you know, what they're interested in. You're targeting them by their age or their demographics or where they live. But the thing is, just because you're targeting somebody who looks like your ideal client or who may be interested in, you know, the broad topic of whatever it is you sell, it doesn't mean that that person actually wants or needs what you have right now. And that's the difference with Google ads. When you're running Google ads, you're actually targeting people by the keywords that they're typing into their Google search bar. So you're getting your business in front of the people who actually want and need what it is you offer right now. So there's there's intent behind the search. You're going after the people who want what you have. It's like a low-hanging fruit, you know? So you might as well strike while the, while the iron's hot. And let's take a step back here for those who are not super familiar. What is the difference between SEM and SEO? Right. So SEO is also kind of a big buzzword in marketing right now. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And that's when you're, you know, making changes and optimizing on and off your website to try to improve your ranking in the organic search results. So basically everybody's goal is to rank number one in Google. And, you know, rightfully so, because that gets you visibility and also the traffic that you get from, uh, you know, ranking number one in Google is essentially free. So the thing is, SEO, it doesn't happen overnight. It can take a lot of time and a lot of work. 
So that's where SEM comes into play. So SEM stands for search engine marketing. And that's when you're paying to put text ads in front of the people who are searching for keywords similar to what you offer. So that's what Google ads are. And what does it take to set up Google ads? There's going to be a learning curve, just like with any platform. Um, So there is a bit of, you know, tech side to things. But um, definitely, first things first, you need to create an account. Um, One thing I will caution you, though, is I guess because some business owners have found the setup of Google Ads a little bit complicated, Google has introduced this thing called an express account or a smart campaign. And I don't agree with that at all because it's all automated and basically takes away all of your control over your campaign. So when you do set up your account, um, you're going to want to choose the option that says you're a professional marketer, even if you aren't. Basically, just choose that option to give yourself access to the full platform. And that way you can actually have control over the campaign that you're setting up. So definitely, first things first, you want to think about separating your services into ad groups. So if you're a photographer who offers different types of photography um, or even just variations of a type of photography, like if you're a wedding photographer and you do weddings and engagements, those would be two separate ad groups. And the reason we separate those is just so that we can make sure that we're bidding on a keyword and pairing that with an ad that's relevant to that keyword. So if somebody is searching for engagement photographer, you want to make sure you serve them an ad that talks about engagement photography and takes them to a link on your website that's about engagement photography. And the same goes with wedding photography. And why should photographers specifically be considering using Google ads as a form of advertising or even as a primary form of advertising? Well, I mean, like I said before, you're going after the people who are actually searching for what it is that you have to offer. And, you know, myself is a prime example. So I'm getting married this summer and, uh, you know, I don't know really anything about booking a wedding photographer. This is this is my first time doing the whole marriage thing. So what did I do? I went to Google and I typed in wedding photographers in Ottawa. And, uh, you know, that gave me a a whole list of people that I should check out. So I'm going to Google searching for wedding photographers in Ottawa because I'm getting married and I need a photographer. So the chances of me booking somebody is obviously a lot higher than if I just get, you know, served a display ad on the Facebook or Instagram network. So I think that's a pretty good example. And can you kind of expand on how photographers can harness the power of SEM with Google? Yeah, I mean, definitely. So first thing you got to do, like I said, is you got to set up that account and then maybe think about, um, you know, what are some of the key phrases that somebody might be searching for that actually demonstrate an intent to book? So when it comes to bidding on a keyword, I wouldn't just bid on, you know, wedding photographer by itself because that's very broad. Um, You could just end up getting somebody searching for like wedding photographer courses or, you know, who was the wedding photographer at Harry and Meghan's wedding. And that doesn't help you because that person is not likely going to become a client. So if you are thinking about which keywords you want to bid on, um, think about what somebody would search if they actually were looking to book a photographer. So things like 
how much does a wedding photographer cost or, you know, best wedding photographer in my city? Um, you know, because that actually shows that this person probably is looking for a wedding photographer and there is intent there to book. So my next question was actually, you know, how do photographers specifically find keywords that apply to them? Because like you said, there are so many broad terms out there. Do you have any advice for for getting kind of nitty gritty with keywording? So Google actually does have a keyword planning tool that you can access. You can find it right within your Google Ads account. So, you know, you can start out by just typing in wedding photographers and you can choose your city to make sure that you're getting relevant results. And then Google will come back with a ton of ideas of related searches. And these are actual real searches um, that people are doing in their Google search bar. And it'll show you the volume of those searches. So how often is somebody searching for a wedding photographer in Ottawa? And so that'll give you kind of an idea of, you know, what keywords you should be bidding on and what the search volume is to make sure your ad's getting seen. But again, you don't want to stick with just the broad keywords like wedding photographer by itself. You can kind of look at what's called a long tail keyword. So that's like, that could be a whole sentence. Um, so you should go through and try to look at some of the, the longer sentences that people are searching. Um, but if you don't have access to the keyword planner right away, even just going to your Google search bar um, and typing in, you know, wedding photographer in my city. Um, the autocomplete, uh, if you've ever noticed that when Google tries to predict what it is that you're going to search for. Mm-hmm. So you can lo- look at that list of results in the autocomplete and that kind of gives you an idea of what popular searches are. Or even after your search, you just scroll down to the very bottom of your Google search results page. And at the bottom, it'll show you other related searches. So those are some really good ideas for getting, um, you know, brainstorming what keywords might be relevant. So for those who aren't aware, can you explain what a long tail keyword is? Yeah. So like I said, it's just, um, you know, a series of words, a string of words. So a lot of people, when they think keyword, they think it has to be just one word like photographer, but really keyword just means, you know, what somebody is typing into their Google search bar. So it doesn't have to be just photographer. It could be wedding photographer in Ottawa or award winning, award winning wedding photographers in, you know, Idaho or, like I said, who was the wedding photographer at Harry and Meghan's wedding? Like it could be a whole sentence long. And when you get long with your keywords, that's when you're able to really dig into those phrases with intent rather than just people looking for random information. Now, I can completely see the value in this for people who are looking for local business. I want to ask, as an example, there are some destination photographers and elopement photographers who don't really have a specific local clientele out there. Do you have any advice on how they can kind of use SEM to their advantage? Yeah. I mean, like with any campaign, you can set your location. So you don't necessarily have to set your location as, you know, where you live. If you're willing to travel, um, you know, you could set your location for the entire country uh, if you want to. Or, you know, maybe what you could do is um, set a very broad location, you know, so let's say, you um, 
United States uh, or, you know, some popular destination spots like uh, Hawaii or Jamaica or Cuba or something like that. Um, So you could set that as your location, but just make sure that you're getting very specific with the keywords that you're choosing. So again, um, I don't know if people actually do search for elopement photographers. Um, That's something that you would have to research, but, you know, you could uh, do some, you know, planning around, um, destination wedding photographer or, you know, photographer who can travel or, or specific destinations like wedding photographer in Jamaica. So just make sure you're getting really specific about the fact that somebody is asking you to travel or that they are looking for somebody who can come with them to their destination. I have to ask, I know we're talking a lot about Google and it's obviously the big one, but there's also search engines like Bing and Yahoo. Are people still using these platforms and are they, are they worth looking into for photographers? Um, Bing is definitely more popular in the United States. Um, pretty much nobody uses it in Canada, but even so Google has more than 90% market share in Canada, United States and the United Kingdom. Um, in the U S I think Bing's market share might be like 7% or something. And then Yahoo might have like 1%. So, I mean, if you're in an area where you know that Bing is really popular and it is a lot of people's preferred uh, search engine, you can definitely run a campaign on Bing. Um, The setup is pretty similar to Google Ads, but like I said, 90% market share with Google. So probably the majority of your search volume is going to come from there. And at what stage in their business should photographers be considering using SEM? I think as long as you have a proper website set up. So, you know, having a campaign set up and having your targeting right and your ad copy right, that's really only half the equation. Um, Remember, people do need to click on your ad and they do need to land on a website. And that website, they need to have a positive experience. So it needs to be clean, simple to navigate, straight to the point. If you're a photographer, obviously you're going to want to create a portfolio portfolio and show some of those images, um, they need to be able to access information easily. So once you've got that website set up and you're happy with it, you're, it doesn't look too DIY, you know, um, as long as you've got that set up, then I definitely think that you can um, start running Google ads or any ads for that matter. And what are some common mistakes you've seen photographers and other creative professionals make when it comes to SEM? Um, definitely being too broad with the keywords, like I mentioned, um, you got to get really specific there. Um, another thing that is really important is using match types. Um, so a match type just gives you uh, a greater level of control over what search queries are going to trigger your ad. Um, if you just type in wedding photographers with no match type, um, your ad could show up for basically any kind of search query that Google thinks is relevant, even if it isn't. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example from my family's dance studio. I'm sorry that it's not a photography example, but so with my family's dance studio, we offer all kinds of dance classes for kids. I like ballet, hip hop, jazz, tap, that kind of thing. So 
If I were to, let's say, bid on ballet lessons as a broad keyword without any kind of match type, Google might still show my ad if somebody searches for pole dancing lessons because, you know, it's still a type of dance. So Google thinks it might be relevant, but that's not relevant for us because we don't teach pole dancing. And also we're a family friendly studio and we teach little kids. So with what's called a match type. So that's just punctuation that you can put around your keyword. I'm telling Google that I want to have more control. So if I'm using, let's say a phrase match, it means somebody actually has to type in ballet lessons within their keyword. Otherwise my ad won't show. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. So I know that um, match types can sound a little complicated when you're not looking at them, but basically, like I said, it's just giving yourself a greater level of control over which uh, search queries can trigger your ad because you do want to make sure that your ad is only showing up for very relevant searches. And another thing that's really important is to make sure you're always looking at your search terms. So, you know, in the example that I just gave you, we don't want our ad showing up if somebody is searching for pole dancing. Um, you know, just like if you're a wedding photographer, you don't want your ad showing up if, you know, somebody is searching for, let's say, personal branding photography and you don't right. do that or baby photography and you don't do that. Right. So when you look at your search terms, you can actually see which queries have triggered your ad. Like what are people typing in their Google search bar that has triggered your ad to show up? Because no matter how hard we try to have control over our keywords with our match types, irrelevant terms are still going to slip in there. So that's when you want to add what's called a negative keyword. So basically you're telling Google, make sure you never show my ad if this word is included in the search query. So, you know, if you don't do newborn photography, you can add newborn as a negative keyword. Or, you know, if you don't teach and you don't offer courses, then you can add training or courses as a negative keyword to make sure your ad is never going to be shown for irrelevant terms. Let's talk copywriting because setting up the ads is one thing, but the actual copy is so important. So do you have any tips for copywriting for photographers? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, a lot of people who are new to writing ad copy, especially Google ads, they kind of think that they, the most important thing to get across is their business name and that they're awesome at what they do. But to be honest, a Google ad is not really the time or place to talk about yourself. Um, you know, the reason that people are doing a Google search is because they have a problem and they need to find a solution. So it's really important to focus on your potential customer. It's really important to focus on what they're feeling or what it is that they need and make sure you let them know that they're in the right place to find a solution. So you shouldn't just write an ad about how, you know, you've been a wedding photographer for 15 years and, you know, you've serviced over, you know, 500 clients because nobody cares. What they want to know is, can you provide the service that they're looking for? So one of the things that you could play off of is maybe the emotions involved. Like, obviously, if I'm looking for a wedding photographer, it's because I want to remember this really special day for the rest of my life. So that's something that you could play off of 
in your ad copy. You can talk about how you're going to, you know, preserve these memories for a lifetime to come. And that's the kind of thing that people are going to, you know, uh, lock in on when they see your ad. If they know, okay, this person can offer what I'm looking for, there's a greater chance that they're going to click through to your website. And, you know, then you can talk about how long you've been doing it or how many people you've served or, you know, your unique selling point on your website. And I have to know, um, the example you gave of searching for your own wedding photographer for this summer was fantastic earlier. How did you end up, you know, choosing which ones to click on? Like, was there anything particular about the copy or what spoke to you? Um, to be honest, a lot of the ads that I looked at were not that well written, (laughs) but I clicked on ads and, uh, you know, um, organic search results included. I just, I didn't know what I was looking for because, uh, I've never hired a wedding photographer before. So I kind of just clicked on like 15 different links and, uh, and had all of these tabs open in my browser. And, um, actually this is a really great opportunity for me to jump into the importance of remarketing. So, so remarketing basically is just advertising to people who have already engaged with your business online. So, you know, showing ads to the people who have already visited your website. And this is really, really important because, you know, no matter how great your ad copy, no matter how great your targeting, the vast majority of people are not going to book with you the first time they visit your website. And it's not because you've done anything wrong. It's just because people need time to think. So that's kind of what happened with me. I had like 15 photographer websites open in my browser and I was kind of just going between them and looking at portfolios and looking at pricing and trying to decide kind of what was important to me. And, you know, I just needed a few days to think about it. So I kind of put that off and then I got busy with, you know, planning my guest list and then work got busy. And then my cat came along and sat on my laptop and she shut down my computer. And when I restarted my computer, all of my tabs were gone and I couldn't recover them. And I don't remember the name of a single photographer that I looked at because I wasn't focused on their name. I was busy looking at their portfolios and what they offer and how much it cost. So I don't remember who any of these people are. And not one of those photographers had a remarketing campaign going. If they did, I would be seeing ads with their name and their logo and a beautiful image following me around the internet, you know, and display banners on Facebook, on Instagram. So I would remember who they are and I would have a way to get back to their website when I'm ready. If that photographer, just one photographer, had a remarketing campaign going, the chances of me booking with them would just go up exponentially. But nobody did that. So now I kind of have to start my search all over again. And I don't really remember, you know, whose portfolio I liked and who I didn't. So it's possible that maybe I don't find the person that I really liked again, and I go with somebody else. That's such a valuable insight. And when you're talking about remarketing, so it would be taking the people who visited your website and remarketing them through Facebook and Instagram. Like, is that, is that where that would happen? Uh, yes. And you can also do it on the Google display network. So, um, basically have you ever noticed, uh, like, let's say you look at a pair of shoes online and then all of a sudden you see those shoes everywhere you go. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So that's remarketing. And 
you know, the banner ads that you see at the top of blogs or off to the side or, you know, the banners that pop up on the YouTube videos you're watching. That's all through the Google Display Network. So there are over 2 million websites within that network and it covers something like 90% of the internet. So you can just set up banner ads uh, on the display network to retarget the people who have visited your website or interacted with you. So I want to be mindful of your time and ask if you have any advice for those who are just starting out with creating Google ads for the first time. Yeah, I mean, definitely take your time. Don't rush through the process. Don't feel like you have to get a whole bunch of ads set up right away. Actually take your time to sit down and brainstorm which services it is that you want to promote. Uh, Separate those into ad groups by theme. Make sure you're choosing those keywords with intent. So the keywords that show somebody actually wants to book a photographer, they're not just looking for general information. And make sure you pair that with a relevant ad that speaks to what they're searching for and also speaks to, you know, how they're feeling and what emotions are involved with that. So really take your time, make sure you have all of that brainstormed first and then go and set up your campaign. And for those who are ready to keep learning, you have two courses on Google Ads, Google Ads Success Secrets, and then the Masterclass. So which course is kind of the right place to start for photographers who are starting out? Or do you have any other recommendations like freebies or blog posts to start out with? Yeah, I mean, I have a ton of uh, free info on my blog if you just want to start reading about it first. But I do also offer a free Google Ads cheat sheet for anybody who maybe wants a bit of information and wants to think about whether or not Google Ads is actually right for their business. And when you sign up for my Google Ads cheat sheet, you'll also get a promo code for my Success Secrets workshop. So it's basically just a 90-minute introductory workshop that's designed to give you some quick wins when you're setting up your campaign to make sure that the people you are bringing to your site are going to be qualified and bring you a profit. And where can our listeners find you? I am at definemarketing.ca or you can find me on Instagram at definemarketingblog. Perfect. And we will definitely link to the cheat sheet and your courses in the show notes. And thank you so much, Deirdre. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks so much for tuning into the Photo Op Podcast. If you liked this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and let me know what you liked and what you want to hear more of. Also head on over to the Facebook community and participate in some conversation with fellow photographers. If you want to reach me directly, feel free to DM me at Megan Brookelman, which is linked in the show notes as well. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in a flash.